I thought before we got started, I'd give you a little little taste of what we're going to be talking about. This the music you just heard is uh, it's a band called Boys Night Out, and they put a record out called Trainwreck. It's a little over ten years ago now, and it's a concept record, and it's a story. And this theater group called Patrick Theater mounted it as a play, and it's playing. We'll talk more about it, but before we get started, I got to tell you some stuff. I am doing a ride to conquer cancer, and I am trying to raise $2,500 to conquer cancer on my bike ride. It's a 200-kilometer bicycle ride, and I really need your help in pledging, please. Everybody, help me out, because I don't know if you know about this, but when you do these charity rides or these charity things, if you pledge or you commit to a certain amount of money, if you don't come up with it, you got to pay for it. So uh, I'm asking you, please help, and, and help me by going to... Applelog.ca and clicking on the Ride to Conquer Cancer banner on the top right side. Tell a friend. It's a very important cause. I know everybody always gives to charity and people are giving to charity. And I see people, I'm at 33%, but I need to make 100%. And you know what? In all honesty, I've guilted you. I don't really care. I'll pay the money. It doesn't bother me. I just want to do the ride and I want everybody to understand the importance of what's happening. Okay, thank you so much for doing that. Whoever's pledged, I appreciate it, and there we go. This podcast is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle Fire, or Kindle, or MP3 player. Go download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash Hey, Amazon shoppers. Do you like shopping on Amazon? Do you like this podcast? Well, you can actually put the two together. If you want to help support the show with my affiliate program and you are from Canada, go to appalog.ca slash Amazon. Or if you're from the United States of America, go to appalog.ca slash US Amazon. And really what that does is every time you shop on Amazon, go to those two links and every time you shop, you'll be supporting the show. It costs you no extra money and I get a little click, click on the back end and everything is fun. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, go to appalog.ca and click on those links on the right side if you're from Canada, United States, or UK. All right. If you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash appalog. Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. Cancel at any time. Are you a band? Do you like listening to finely tuned and recorded music? Insight Recorders is a place to have your record mixed. It's an online mixing service. You can send your recorded album to Insight Recorders and it will be mixed and mastered to add a professional touch to your recording. So go to insightrecorders.com slash rates for more details. And if you're interested, I've started a new pilot project that has to do with 3D printing. You might be able to hear it in the background. It's, in the, it's just across the room from me. If you go to Insight Recorders slash 3D prints, that's number three, letter D, prints. Check out the store. It's a little thing I'm starting out. And uh, if you're interested, you can purchase stuff there. Like, you know, little stuff. If you're a restaurant owner, bathrooms, signs, it's all made out of plastic, but it's all biodegradable plastic. And go check it out. Go to in appalog.ca slash shop to buy a t-shirt or buy the Foursquare discography for $20. That's my old band's. Um, there's like 70 songs. If you are on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please, and tell friends. If you're on Facebook, which everybody is, go to facebook.com slash to check out the news and whatever's happening and whoever's on the show, whoever's going to be on the show. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Those are all the spots. And I'm sorry it took a little longer than normal, but that ride to conquer cancer, I got one more week of it, and then and then I'll be doing the ride, and then you won't have to hear from that anymore. Well, maybe next year. I don't know. Maybe next year. I actually did 30 kilometers yesterday, so I'm trying to ramp it up to a, at least 50 kilometers without stopping. You know, it's not like it's a race. So I'm, I'm riding like 25 kilometers stopping, 25 kilometers stopping. Anyways, today on the show, I have Rosie and Billy from Patrick Theater. They are based out of Niagara Falls, New York. They're from the Americas. They uh, are big fans of this band, Boys Night Out, as I am. And they have mounted the band's Trainwreck album as a play. And I don't know if you knew about this, but Trainwreck is a concept album. It's a story behind it. And it's a very cool, cool, cool idea. And I don't want to hold you up any more longer. Everybody, this is Rosie and Billy from Patrick Theater on the Apologue Podcast.
we have a common friend. His name's Connor from Boys Night Out. That's right. We do. I'm really excited about this thing you're doing. It's like, this is one of my favorite albums. It's one of my favorite bands. And by proxy, that makes you my favorite theater company. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when was going to happen? It wasn't if, if this is going to happen. I'm like, when is this going to happen? Because it's such a great album. This train wreck album we're talking about by Boys Night Out. I guess, have you, like, do you have, like, a personal relationship with Boys Night Out, or are you just fans? Just, just fans. fans. Uh, couldn't believe it yet. Yeah, like, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we just, uh, I got into Boys Night Out, oh, my God, a, a long time ago. <laughs> wow. And now I feel old. <laughs> uh, we're talking about over a decade ago, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, well, the album came out in 2005. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I actually discovered Trainwreck trying to find uh, the other album, um, the first album with uh, I Got Punched in the Nose. Um, and I, I got Trainwreck by accident and I just fell in love with it. And uh, I thought it was just such good songwriting, good storytelling. And uh, it, it lends itself. It's a very theatrical album, you know. And uh, it, I feel like it lends itself pretty well to what we're trying to do with it. So when it came to scripting it and everything, uh, pardon my, my uh, not researching this, but did you guys have someone write the screenplay? Did you write the screenplay? How did that all get put together? Uh, I wrote the adaptation of it, um, the stage adaptation of it. What's funny is we had... We fantasized and dreamcasted a staged adaptation for years, just talking about like, what if Trainwreck was was a play or something like that? And we would we'd talk about it in like any car drive, you know, we're driving around just like, oh well, what if this was happening or what if it's this or what if? Because we're also in a band, and you know, it's one of those things. It's when you're driving for six to eight hours and uh, you're listening to albums in the car. You know, those conversations come up, the kind that only come up in really long car rides <laughs> when you're like, oh, if we were putting this on stage, how would we do this? How could we do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So who I mean, you guys are obviously theater people like you grew up doing theater. Your background is theater, but as well as you play in a band, because I, I, I sort of did a bit of research and you guys have a, what's the your band is called two for. What's your band? Uh, Billy Draws Two. Billy Draws Two. That's right. Billy Draws Two. And um, uh, let me let me preface: we are terrible theater people. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I went to school for it, uh, but I'm I don't consider myself a theater person. I've I've been in rock bands my whole life and stuff. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of the craft mm-hmm. of you know theater and stuff like that. But I think there's um, a big difference. I mean, we started our theater three years ago the same way we started our band, you know, very DIY, very punk rock. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can get away with. And let's try and make the most awesome things with what we have, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to more traditional routes um, when it comes to, you know, theater. Because uh, in all, all honesty, our our theater shouldn't have worked. <laughs> it's yeah. The, the over under of it was very, it, there were scary numbers. Yeah. And after we made it through our first season, we were like, okay, well, let's try again. Let's, let's, let's go through season two. And now we're finishing our third season and train wreck will be our 15th production. Wow. And it's, yeah, we're, I'm still amazed <laughs> in three years that we've done 15 productions and that this is the one that, like I'm not that the others weren't exciting, mm-hmm. but this, but this is one's the, terrifying. This one's terrifying because we don't want to mess it up. You no. know? absolutely. And the uh, the fact that like today's technology driven society is that small theater companies can become larger theater companies based on just doing good content, and that is a that's a huge thing. And if you do good work, then you can just keep doing it. And we're in a better time, not just with being in a band, but theater, filmmaking, all these things make it, we're in a good spot for all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, the whole point of our theater was to do 
the kind of shows that people like us would enjoy seeing, you know, not necessarily theater people, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, you know, kids and bands. Yeah. Um, people who can't necessarily afford to spend 60 to $120 to go, you know, see a show. That, uh, it's not like you get tired of seeing shows like, Oh, I'm only going to have one bad example in this because I was just talking about it. No one wants to go and see Oklahoma all the time. Okay. You know, they, we just did, uh, we did Robin Hood and we did it as like a biker gang, as a biker gang. And before that, we did Evil Dead the Musical. And these are shows that don't come through town often. Mm-hmm. So, and we get to do like some original ish things too. I mean, we, yeah. uh, one of the best things we ever put on was, I don't know if you've ever seen Pontypool. Um, no. It's on Netflix. Fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to do a stage adaptation of it because we, you know, I got in touch with the guy who wrote it on Twitter and asked for permission, you know, kind of very similar to how uh, Trainwreck came about with getting in touch with Connor, um, you know, over the course of a couple of years. And yeah, <laughs> very, the there was a big gap between the first and second emails. <laughs> well, what had happened is I emailed him like two years ago and he answered and he was like, yeah, this is great. Go ahead and do it. And then he copied in Carl and he's like, Carl, we think this is a great idea. So we received another email from Carl and then I responded and we didn't get a response for like a year and a half. And then I'm like, okay, well, and then black dogs came out and I'm like, well, that probably conflicted. And then I'm just like, okay, I have to come up with another show because it was my turn to like direct something. Mm-hmm. And Billy kept bugging me. He's like, did you try again? Did you try again? I'm like, I sent all of these emails and it's just not working. And I finally tweeted at the the band uh, Twitter handle. I'm like, wondering if Boys Night Out ever checks their Gmail. <laughs> and like within an hour, I got a response from Connor saying that his toddler deleted the app from his phone. And I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then, and then. Yeah. Cause we I mean, it. we, the response was a lot of, this sounds like a great idea. Um, this sounds like something we could get behind kind of thing like that, but never a real, yes, you have our permission <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And we didn't want to overstep. We didn't want to assume. So we just didn't do anything mm-hmm. until, you know, he, fu- we finally got that, that. Okay. And he's like, yeah, go for it. Do it. And yeah. he's like, all right, we're, we're doing it. That is Boys Night Out in a, like, because I worked a few shows with them. I did sound for them, and I recorded the uh, the live portion of Dude, You Need to Stop Dancing, the the DVD that came out. There's a live aspect to it. So I've known those guys for going on 10 years now, and that is exactly that band where you're like, hey, let's do something. <laughs> like, totally, that's great. And then you go, okay, well, and it's, you know what? They're not, it's not like they don't care. It's like this sort of, like, we want to make sure like they're so humble that they're, they're willing to let someone sort of jump over themselves to say like, let's do this, you know, like, and Connor and I, and I, I've become good friends over this past 10 years. You know, we've written songs together. We've, you know, we've, he's written lyrics on some of my music and stuff like that. So we're doing actually, we're doing a seven song EP together. So like there's a, a tightness there. So I know exactly where you're coming from because it's like you might not hear from him. Like I might not hear from him for like eight months. And then you'll like send me a text going, I'm still working on these lyrics, you know, and like, well, I trust you are, you know, and I, I wouldn't expect anything but awesome. And when I do get it, it's in the same thing. Like I'm going to, this is going to happen and I'm not going to push it because I don't want to push it because I don't want to ruin what could be potentially awesome. Right. By bugging someone. It's a tricky road. <laughs> Yeah. But that's that band. Now, that's... I don't know if... Go ahead. Oh, I don't know if it's on your side or not. There is a little bit of a lag. Yeah. And I just want to make sure... <laughs> oh, no, no. This is the internet. This is how we talk. We have to wait for a second, and then if we, we both talk at the same time, that's when it gets a little crappy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We can wait. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh... You know, the, the blurrier your picture gets, the clearer the sound gets for us well that's probably yeah that's just shitty internet really that's just the way she goes up here in canada we have a (laughs) i I, when i was researching you guys so how is buffalo for when it comes to arts and things like that is it you know you're kind of not buffalo really are you buffalo um niagara falls yeah we're north of buffalo about Mm -hmm. 20 minute drive Mm -hmm. um 
we're not a theater community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niagara Falls is actually really up and coming with trying to um, get its community together, get its art together. I mean, Buffalo's got a huge theater community. It's, oh yeah. You know, um, I think it's like worked the, in it. the third or fourth biggest uh, theater city in the States. Yeah. Um, I think it's like New York, Chicago, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work in Buffalo and stuff. So that theater community is very big and thriving. Um, the problem we have is we're Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, I'm trying to think if there's like something we could compare it to up there. Like, um, it's like saying, it's like if there was a, a huge booming theater uh, community in Toronto, which I think there is, there is. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're trying to start something up and say like Hamilton and it's, it's like, Oh, you're, yeah, that's great. But it's, it's not Toronto. Oh yeah. You know, that's kind of what we're, we run into a lot is that, you know, we're outside of Buffalo. So um, a lot of time, unfortunately we don't get noticed or any kind of, you know, real, I don't want to say recognition because people know we exist, but not a lot of people have seen us who would probably really enjoy it because we're outside of Buffalo. What's funny is people like Buffalo is only 20 minutes away. We'll have people come see our shows from like Rochester and Syracuse, which is much farther away than (laughs) Buffalo is. And it's like, okay, these people, you know, stand by us and, and they see what we're trying to do, but Buffalo doesn't. No, I don't understand that. You know, we got this show and you got people coming in from Southern Ontario, uh, Detroit, people asking about how how you get to the theater from the Buffalo airport, you know, and that's yeah. terrifying. It's a great <laughs> and terrifying feeling. Well, yeah, I mean, I can agree with you when it comes to Toronto and anywhere north of, like, I, I work in a town called Richmond Hill in a theater. It's like a 600 seat soft seat theater. And people from Toronto don't usually come up past the 401 which is our major east-west highway. So it's tough to get people mm-hmm. north, you know, and if the subway isn't running, then forget it. They're not, they're not making it. But you'll see people come, <laughs> like the same thing, you'll see people come from all different areas uh, that are further away, and they'll still come and see shows there because they're not, I don't know, maybe there's a fact of saturation, maybe because there's always something to do in Toronto that you have this, or there's always something to do in Buffalo that you have that sort of, well, I can stay close to home. I don't need to leave because I have everything I need here, you know? And, you know, my experience from Buffalo, when Buffalo in the 90s, Buffalo was a weird town where it didn't have anything. And it, I don't even think it had like a, really like a, 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 a community, like a the inner city seemed to be like dead, you know, after 10 o'clock, everything yeah. closed, you know? And so that's, I haven't been there in years. Last time I was there was with, um, with an artist called Ashley McIsaac and he's a fiddle player. And we played some weird Celtic folk festival in Buffalo, but I don't know anything about Buffalo anymore. Like, is there like a downtown where there's people hanging out and drinking coffee and. and... It, it's Lots of bars and churches. Yeah. Lots of bars and churches and like the, the most dedicated, NFL fans for the <laughs> worst team out there. Hmm. That's all Buffalo's got. <laughs> Niagara well, Falls, on the other hand, that's home. We're gonna yeah, Niagara Falls is home. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have a sports team to be disappointed in. <laughs> now here's the big question: Do you guys have Falls envy? Do you have the Falls envy? Because Canada's got the much prettier Falls. The, you know they do have the prettier side, but. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do have false envy. <laughs> um, well, there you go. That's the answer. That's all. You know. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Um, you know, I really no, I I appreciate it because a friend of mine just did the hardcore logo. Um, they put that back on the stage as a musical, and it's almost like people my age are kind of going. I remember theater, and it's not just Cats anymore. It's not Phantom of the Opera. Like people are reinventing theater every day, you know. And I worked at a university that actually had a theater program, and people were out doing things that were way more exciting theater-wise and innovative-wise than your traditional um, standard theater thing, like Les Mis or whatever. You know, they were mm. kind of finding new ways to promote it and interesting ways to stream it, and people are reinventing it. And I mean, you guys are part of that, you know, because it's it's like 
it's an important part of art in my opinion so i mean we've done a lot of the the newer shows that aren't you know phantom of the opera and stuff like that and especially you you've done more than i ever have um like we've done just recently we were both in the buffalo premiere of american idiot which was great and you know it was a different you can demographic yeah you can kind of see the the switch like the the split when it comes to like the whole the contemporary stuff and the uh more you know quote unquote modern postmodern stuff um oh are you still there yeah oh, okay <laughs> sorry about that it's all good we can hear you but we can't see you move very well no. And then I'll uh, just keep every doing now and then this. we'll hear a word that just holds out. Yeah. We'll just, okay. Just <laughs> Sorry about that. So if we if we mishear a question, please feel free to uh, correct us. Yeah, cool. So American Idiot. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about American Idiot and, and it's a different demographic and everything. Yeah, I mean and and we've done I mean I, we did that, but I mean I've also had six years of doing um, you know, professional Shakespearean theater. Um, you know, and then you go from doing something like that to doing uh, the music of Green Day, uh, for, you know, a month and a half or two months or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but my whole thing is it's, it's, I think people, no matter what background or, you know, school of theater they come from, um, appreciate good storytelling. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, at its heart even if you can't stand like the music and something or the language, if you can understand the story that's being told, if you can appreciate the story that's, that is being told, you'll enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to tell, you know, good stories and hopefully whoever comes to see the stuff we put on, um, especially with train wreck, they'll appreciate the, the storytelling that we're trying to do with it. What's even better with that is, a lot of the people coming to see it already know the story. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. And like, I keep talking about this with the cast is it's such a remarkable story because there's so many different ways that it can be viewed. You know, ev almost every rehearsal I have to stop and be like, well, what do you think th is actually going on in this there song? Are, we have fan theories in the cast <laughs> about, about the the story on the album, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they're reading through the script and I tried to be a little abstract with, um, the adaptation cause I, I don't want to, okay. I'll just come out and say this. If you're coming to see the show, you're probably going to be disappointed in something because the story in your head is, is your own interpretation. It's, it's your private version of of this show of this story yeah um you know so everyone knows what it looks like in their head everyone knows what the characters look like uh you know they they uh, some people uh, you know were asking making comments on the facebook about um whether or not a character would have a porn stash because of the music video uh <laughs> for medicating you know yeah yeah and uh, and uh it's like it's they have their own you know, versions in their head of what they're expecting to see. Some of it's going to be spot on, you know, but some of it's not. So in that respect, some people are going to be a little, not disappointed. That's probably the wrong word to use, but you can't. Surprise. Yeah. We can't um, put on everybody's dream show, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, well, even reading through your adaptation, like as I'm directing things, he'll be like, oh, that's, that's not what I thought when yeah. I wrote it. And he was like, okay but that's what I think while directing it. Mm -hmm. This is this is my take on it. And then I'd ask the actor, what's your take on it? And it's, everyone has this completely different idea about, you know, about the husband, about the wife, about the doctor. Right. I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to necessarily say anybody's idea or theory is wrong. Absolutely you know? not. That's why, that's why I kind of, I did try and leave some stuff ambiguous or vague. But then you got some crazy theories like, oh, maybe he wasn't crazy and the doctor killed the wife and all oh. of the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That was an elaborate one. And I'm like, yeah. wow. 
That's deep. You got that from listening to this. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, like any good book that tries to get adapted to a movie, um, it's a different scenario. Because, obviously, well, it's different because people aren't as rabid of a book fan. Maybe if it was like The Shining or books that actually are like, you know, cult classic books that try to get made into a movie, people have their expectations. But at the same time, the adaptation of it, if it's if it's you know as confident as the as as you can make it, then it's going to get sold and people are going to accept it because it's like they're fans of the band. And there is, there are some heavy duty fans of this band boys night out Mm -hmm. and them them not playing. (laughs) Yeah. Them not playing is almost feeding the frenzy in a way. Like they're not touring on this new album because Jeff lives all the way over in in the, in the West coast and Connor doesn't want to do it without Jeff, you know? So it's, that's what feeds the whole thing, in my opinion. Is that it's just so elusive, you know? And yeah, well, and a lot of a lot of people still aren't convinced that this isn't an elaborate trick by Connor to mess with them. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen like comments and stuff like this can't be real. And I'm like, no, but it is. I swear. Like, oh yeah, just We're like your really April hard. Fool's prank about the movie, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there have been so many pranks over the years and ones that I've fallen for because I've I've been a fan for so long that now I'm just like I don't know what to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and the announcement for Black Dogs last year before it was even like called Black Dogs when they're like, "Oh, we're in the studio recording." Like there was a picture on Instagram like, "Is that real?" Yeah. <laughs> Is that are they actually working on music or are they just hanging out holding instruments? Yeah. Well, Jeff and Connor were on this show, like one of the early, early episodes, and they alluded to the fact that they were jamming, but they weren't telling me that they were actually starting to record an album that was going to be like 15 songs or something that turned into what to be six on Black Dogs, which Mm. that's a ballsy move. When you have all these songs you've written and recorded, like we're going to put our best foot forward because we might not put it forward again for the next whatever, ever, or maybe next year or who knows, right? So... That's that band. Like they don't have an agenda with business, and that is a good thing, in my opinion, because they're not worried about success, which in fact feeds their success. It's a weird, a weird thing. You there? Hello. Oh, yeah. Oh no. Lost the end of your sentence. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm done. We lost like the important part of the sentence. Oh, I mean uh, to to re I mean to repeat they their success isn't on the top of their heads or in the back they don't want they don't care about rock stardom. But if it came their way mm-hmm. they wouldn't turn it down. But at the same time they're not trying to have expectations of rock stardom which in fact helps them in their success. Does that make sense? Yes, that actually makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, they just want to make good music. And and they do make good music. They just also want to share it with everyone. They make very difficult music. Oh, yeah. So one of the fun and interesting things about our production is we didn't want to, like, take the album and just, like, try and remove the vocals. So we've been recording the tracks at... Um, at the place that we've recorded all of our band's albums at the music lab and, and recording each song one by one, like the drums, the guitar, the bass, all of it. And at one point I even emailed Connor. I'm like, by the way, <laughs> Billy wanted me to tell you that your songs are hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm serious. Like you don't, you're singing a lot of these songs for 10 years 12 years, whatever, you don't realize how much is happening in them. Yeah. Like the guitars never stop moving. The really subtle changes in, in the drumming and time signatures and stuff like that. The um, um, m- melodic walking bass lines in these songs, not to mention just, you know, Connor screaming his fucking head off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, yeah, the songs are hard. The songs are brilliant and difficult and wonderful <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and trying to emulate that for the stage uh wouldn't work um so 
I'm, I'm trying to say this without, you know, scaring fans that may be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we changed the music, but what works on an album doesn't necessarily work on stage. I mean, you watch, uh, you know, you watch the live footage of them playing at, uh, was it the the Opera House yeah. in Toronto? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the same as it is on the album. You know, there's uh, surprisingly um, when the guitar on the album might be like noodling around, you're getting some straight chords. But then again, uh, other things, you're playing rhythm and lead at the same time. And, you know, just, again, really difficult stuff. We have to, the challenge we have is to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. for the benefit of the storytelling um because you know the story is being told yes through the music but also through the lyrics and in our case visually as well um where some, you know if you keep some some of the stuff in it might actually be distracting for the way we're trying to tell the story yeah. uh, for something important that's happening on stage you know yeah that um, makes total sense that makes total sense because but even that that live that live DVD that's only Jeff playing. They had one guitar player, which even kudos to Jeff for actually filling that in because the train wreck obviously has two distinctive parts, both played by Jeff, by the way. But they have a okay. They oh, have okay. a different they have a different vibe each take, but they all feed each itself like that album. There's you know, not just the guitar minis or all that stuff, but there's definitely stuff going on. Guitar that, minis. Yeah, there's definitely things going on that are like. Your ear goes, whoa! I haven't heard that yet. That that's one of those albums for me that I listen to and go, oh, I never heard that before, and I've heard this album a thousand times, you know. So that's a, I mean, that's a good thing. But there's also it can be like you say, distracting to the uh, to a viewer of a of a of a of a show that has more than just music. It has you know, facial, you know, it has this everything about it. it has like the uh you know mm-hmm. I, i'm so stoked i can't wait to actually come down i am bought my tickets yet, but i am going to come down and my wife is that's her favorite album of cool. pretty much of the 2000s at least that's her favorite album like she listened to it in the, all the time that's fantastic yeah so we're coming down to see that it's we're really excited for it because it's i was like they said at the start of this conversation i'm like it was a matter of when it was going to happen you know so you guys are in pre-production now and you are you're going to be mounting it June first. It's the uh, June first to June fourth. So yeah. there are four performances only, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, Any chance of like, like oh, we even? <laughs> are you going to take it maybe on a on a? Are you going to take it around? Maybe are you going to? I don't know what we'd be allowed to do. Oh. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things I would love to do more with it if this does well, but uh, we don't want to overstep. You know, uh, we were we're very grateful that uh, we were given the permission and the trust to take this on in the first place. Um, right now, we're just hoping that we can live up to expectations and you know not disappoint. Um, if it does do well, if you know if Connor and the boys like it um, and they want to pursue something with it in this sort of, in this vein, um, I would be a hundred percent on board. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But, you know, right now I kind of just want to make sure that, uh, that we put on the best show we can with this. And uh, this, it, it's an album that means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we can, uh, if we can satisfy those people, this will be a success. Yeah. And anything after that, bonus. <laughs> like this album to me was like it was very important to my young, angstful teenage years. Because when it came out, I was it, I like the album came out, and I went to the work tour and saw them. And I bought a physical copy. I bought a hoodie and I bought two T-shirts. I bought everything I could, and then I spent the rest of the money that I had at their booth and the only reason i knew about this band is because i'm like the stereotype teenager from that era where i had a friend that i met on live journal that told me to check out this band on purevolume.com and then i downloaded their album for free off of 
some streaming website back in the day that took like 18 hours to download one song. Mm -hmm. And then I went and bought the albums because, you know, felt like a jerk. But (laughs) (laughs) it was ever since then, like this album has been a big part of a lot of those years where you're molded into the person that you're going to be. And I guess it's kind of a strange album to help mold you (laughs) once you think about like the content but the music was beautiful you know and and it's everything that i wanted in an album and it's still one of my like number one albums today 12 13 years later and it's it's interesting you know as if we're not gushing enough about (laughs) this band and the album but it's interesting that it's this album that means so much to people because if you try and describe it to someone who's never heard uh, heard the music or heard of the band, you know, you you talk about the story in the album. Uh, it shouldn't, you know, like just saying it out loud, it shouldn't be a beautiful album, but mm-hmm. it is. And it is something that, you know, God, I, I don't have Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've never had Facebook. I have been logging or just going to the uh, the theater's Facebook page until it kicks me out because I, I haven't logged in um, just to read the comments and um, just basically just being blown away by seeing how many people feel the same way. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot. <laughs> well, the album speaks to many di- on many different levels, like any, like any good movie. I mean, like like any good play. It, it speaks on levels that you don't need to, like, it's like listening, well, I mean, it's like listening to an album like 10 years ago and go, oh, wow, that was really cool. But you listen to it five years later, you listen to it a different way. You know, like your favorite albums. Like I do. Like I still listen to my favorite albums and go, I didn't think about it that way. But now I'm older. So I think about things different. You know, it's, it's, yeah. that's one of those albums that, it crosses over like age groups because not only is like the teenager into it, but the adult is into it because it speaks mm-hmm. to them in a different way. So, and that is down to the lyrics and that is obviously the messages that are brought and the way Connor writes lyrics are so, I don't know, it's tough to explain, but it's, it feels like it's, it's perfectly, obviously perfectly delivered, but it's delivered with a sense of like, uh, what are you going to do with this? I've given you something, and what are you going to do with this information I've given you? And that is a Connor trademark lyric where you think, I think it means this, but it really probably doesn't because, you know, I, it's strange. And I'm sure he's laughing right now listening to us talk about his lyrics, but it is a, it, <laughs> they are, they are fascinating to the point where you're like, you're trying to get the meaning of it, but then you get yourself around in a circle and like, ah, I'm not going to listen to it this way anymore. I'm just going to listen to it like it's a good old song with some good old lyrics and a good old hook, you know, and yeah, that's yeah, all. No, it's never are. that easy. Uh-uh. The challenging stuff. And the words he uses too, like the words he chooses are not words that normal people sing, you know? So. And he, uh, lyrically, and it's something I never even really noticed until, you had to dissect the uh, until lyrics. Until I had to start dissecting, you know, the stuff for the adaptation. But like lyrically, he his his meter is weird. Um, mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll put his rhymes, like his couplets, in the middle of sentences. Yeah. And then continue on the next line, the middle of the previous sentence. And end that sentence in the middle of the next line while continuing on with the next line in the middle of the sentence that we're on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like stream of consciousness, but with a there's the, the subconscious meaning behind it that the, the message is delivered, but it's like, there's no... And you know the thing, I don't think it's a predetermined or pre-thought or meditated thing. It's what how he yeah, writes, no. you know? like And when he writes, like he's writing now lyrics for a thing that we're working on together... And he's sending me lyrics, and I can't. I know the song. I wrote the song, but I can't hear his melody in it. And and I'm, I'm singing to your right. phone. Send me the melody because I don't know how this is. And I'm in the same boat as you. I can't understand how it's all going to jive together. But I know it's going to be awesome. You know, 
that's what I do know, you know, because he always delivers on that stuff. Yes. Sorry, I dropped my headphone. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that on your end. Is that uh, is people having sex up there? I think so. Yeah. Get out, like really? Right <laughs> um, I know my neighbor is upstairs. We're at my apartment, oh, and yeah. my neighbor is upstairs, and a very large dog. Yeah. Uh, oh. So there's a dog up there running around. I can't hear that. There's but a dog running around. I hear voices. People may or may not be having sex. I don't know what's happening. That's but... totally fine. <laughs> I think my cat wants to come into the basement because that's where the kitty litter box is. <laughs> you can stay up there for a little while. He's looking through me through the door. Um, but, um, well, it is like, congrats, you know, I mean, good luck with everything because that is a, like I said, it's a challenging bunch of content. Are you editing the, what the, are, are you playing every single song? On on uh, in the show, is who playing what? Every single song from the record. Oh, well, the way we're doing the whole show is we have all backing tracks, and we, we had to. We're a sm- small theater. Let me clarify: we're not doing it for the sake of cheese. Um, <laughs> like I wish we could have a live rock band um, in the theater, but it we only seat forty. And it's it, it actually used to be the recording studio where we recorded some of our stuff. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when that when the guy moved out and got his own building, we took it over, converted it into a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's tight for a full band. Mm-hmm. So and, and odds are I'd have to, you know, be playing it myself <laughs> um, live, live. That hard and, music live. For and I'm not that good, man. No, 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 no. The question was: Is every song, so, so, every every song being used? I mean, I knew, I think I knew you were recording because I did see you on your Facebook. There was a recording part of it, uh, backing tracks of. But is every mm-hmm. like every song being used in some capacity? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Gosh. Um, we didn't cut anything yeah. because we felt like we we couldn't. Like there mm-hmm. was every single song was important. Every single song is a different part of the story. Um, I mean, we moved a couple things, but everything's there. Yeah. Um, the, the music sounds different, but it, it, um, I, I even kicked around the idea of changing the keys, you know, lowering some stuff to make it a little easier to sing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, we kept everything in the original keys. Uh, all the songs are still in the same order. Um, there's some surprises. There's some, there's some surprises musically mm-hmm. that i hope people enjoy uh yeah. homages but mm-hmm. um because here's the thing is like when you listen to the album you only know of like these three characters the the husband the wife and the doctor mm-hmm. and that's a very hard show to do a, a long musical with just three people an opera i mean yeah let's, it, it's let's basically a rock opera train wreck mm-hmm. is an opera yeah it, it, there's the doctor talks at the beginning, the doctor talks at the end, and the rest of the story is told through music. Mm-hmm. So we had to make some changes, and, and I'm very happy with what we did, and I hope that everyone that sees it is happy too, because it's... We created characters yeah. out of the hints that were in the lyrics. Wow. So um, it's, it's been interesting, because Billy had to create those characters with the adaptation, and then once I cast everyone and gave them those characters and be like tell me about your character i mean that's an actor thing you do anyway any show you're in if you're directing you should ask the people that you cast in those characters tell me about your character tell me their backstory and the things that they're coming up with just from listening to the album have been blowing my mind Mm -hmm. and it's 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 incredible because you you wouldn't like now when I'm listening to the album, because I'm still listening to it over and over just because I need to know it in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing it like those songs that I've listened to over and over again for years in different views from different uh, from these characters that we created. So all of these songs mean different things now. They're they're different views of the same story. Does that does that make sense? Am I making any sense? No, <laughs> Did I, I just start to babble? I think it makes sense. It makes sense to me because, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I have my sort of idea about the whole album, you know, so I'm going to come into it with a different perspective than most people as well. So everybody's going to come in with a whole idea about what they think this show is going to be. 
And, you know, the the big question was like the people that are playing the characters, are they were they fans of the band first before or did they did they come into it later on after they've got the parts? And... <laughs> they came in knowing nothing. That's amazing. Well, that's amazing. To be fair, that is amazing. Uh, the actor, the actor who was playing the doctor, actually, um, when he started to research the album before he, before even he auditioned, knew, yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't even know if he was able to do the show, mm-hmm. and he made himself able to do the show because he listened to the album in one sitting and then became obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "I have to be in this. I have to make it work to be in this." And and God, I hope I get to sing the parts I always sing along to, and you know. And I hope he does. He's never actually in rehearsals told me whether or not he's singing the parts that he wanted to sing along to. So uh, I'm just gonna assume that he is. Yeah, man, I'm and, really and, excited I mean, for this. And I knew, you know, the music going in as well. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So one, one out of seven. <laughs> oh yeah, I cast Billy in the show because yeah. I knew he could sing it. Right, of course. So the uh, <laughs> the I mean, well, yeah, because you know, I just like I said, I just saw this uh, remount of Hardcore Logo. And the only person that really knew the movie and knew the book was the lead, who was Al Nolan, who used to be in a band called Trigger Happy. He still actually is in this band called Trigger Happy, Toronto punk rock legendy kind of band. And his life is Joe Dick. Like he is Joe Dick, you know, without the gunshot <laughs> in the head. But he has that punk rock thing about him that makes it so believable, you know, and, and he's kind of an actor, but. Everybody else was around him, had no idea about what punk rock was, you know, and now, now they do, and they were acting, and it's so such a neat little thing to watch. Somebody who knew everything about punk rock, nobody who did, but then everybody pulled together and figured it out, like, oh, this is what the story is, you know, and, you know, I, I, that's the yeah. same idea, I guess, if they, you know, and I was going to say, like, Trainwreck, if we can talk more about Trainwreck, I don't know if we, if we fit any more minutes in, but, <laughs> but... <laughs> But Trainwreck was one of those albums that you can listen to from the very start to the very end. And you weren't like, you weren't like tired from it, even though it was challenging. Like try to listen to Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. That also a very challenging album. There's also a lot going on there, but I can't get through five songs without going, okay, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) It's too much. Yeah. You're wrecking my ears. You know, yeah. just or my I feel brain. That way about a lot of musicals, actually. Mm-hmm. I get I get about five songs in. And I'm like, God, everyone has listened to like this 36 song album in one sitting, and I'm six songs in, and I'm I'm done. Yeah, definitely. But it's yeah, and yeah, and we're just trying to tell this the same story, the same music in one sitting, no intermission. You know. Yeah. Um. So it'll be as close to a live staging of the album as we can get. Hmm. Well, like I said, I, I can't wait for this. And when I found out about this show, I like I'm over the moon. Like I'm excited about this. Like, and you know, you guys, you know, you've already made a good, you know, I mean, the album, you have so much good content. The story is amazing. You know, it'd be really, to me, it'd be hard, you know, to, to mess it up. And I, you know, I think you're going to do great jobs. I think you're going to do great work. And, uh, Thank you. Congratulations. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. This turned into like a really reassuring <laughs> thing for us. I feel like I just had some like anxiety therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, I knew it was going to be good anyway. Yeah. Because if if no one else enjoys it, I will. Yeah. I've, I've been nervous because I know how I would be going to see this if I wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what I'd be like looking for and how picky of a, you know, dick I can be, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, all right, I got, we got to make sure that we would walk out of this happy. So we're going to do our best. And I, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Absolutely. I almost expect at least like one person be like, you fucked up. (laughs) Well, and and I hope it's not like, you need that person. You need that one person to put you, because if everybody comes up and said, that was the best thing I've ever seen, then. Chances are maybe 20% of them are lying to you. So at least if somebody comes up and he goes, that was horrible. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. You're like, okay, good. Because now you have a good uh, yeah. reference between, you know, if you're proud of it, that's all that really matters. Because, you know, you're, you, you've you done, you know, if you've done it the best justice you think you can give it, 
good enough. But if you come out of it going, eh, I could have done this. And obviously every show is, because I, I work a little bit in theater too, and every show is different and every show has a different feel to it. And it's all about how the, everybody can pull it together. And there never is a perfect show, ever. It's never, there's always something called wrong. There's always a cue miss. There's always something breaks. But that's what theater is. Theater is a ha- bunch of happy accidents all working oh, itself yeah. out, you know, and yeah, like the live theater is my favorite because the, not to say that there's always something that goes wrong, but <laughs> but there is because when I'm not like, yes, we run the theater, but I also stage manage. So like I have the best and worst job mm-hmm. because that means I'm like the day the show opens, I'm in control of everything. So if anything wrong happens, it's on me. <laughs> and there's always something, whether it's a light or someone kicked something on stage and now it's broken. Or in the last show, a curtain fell, and then one of the actors just stayed backstage and held it up until he had to be on scene. <laughs> and we've had people walk out before. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that was a very special condition. We had people come to see Evil Dead, the musical, you know, based on yep. the Evil Dead series with Bruce Campbell. Yep. And uh, they were these this goth family, I guess, that um, were really disappointed at, you know, like our portrayal of the Necronomicon and, you know, like, like, it was like they spoke weird. in black metal lyrics and Whoa. they just were not having any, any of what we were doing. Well, and they walked out on the show. But even the real show had like a wall of puppets and stuff, didn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> How can you? Yeah. How, how can you like really? Mess- like I don't know what more you expected. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a comedy, isn't it? A comedy kind of like it's crazy. Yeah. People are stupid. It, it, and I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they thought it was going to be something like really serious and dark and. Yeah. It's the most campy show I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do uh we do this um this series at my venue called Classic Albums Live, and one of it because the Joshua Tree by you two it's the twenty fifth or. 25th anniversary no 30th anniversary of joshua tree and a people mm. people drove up from connecticut thinking it was you two playing joshua tree oh so they're like god i can't oh. believe this little oh. venue and you too and this is amazing and they're like it's That's a bunch of people playing something. the song note for note and uh you want your money back because it's a long drive back to connecticut <laughs> but they had a good time yeah, i mean they had a fun time but they were like completely blown yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was because the so picture. Like, how, how do you? Sorry, go ahead. It's, like, how do you mistake that though? Like, how do you see that and be like, "Oh wow, that's such a great deal in such a small place for this thirty bucks, thirty bucks to go thing. see you too at a six hundred two seat theater." That's such a great deal. I can't believe that's happening. Well, the I mean, the deceiving part of it is that our website had a picture of you too on it from, but it was from <laughs> it was from Joshua Tree. It wasn't even like a new picture, like. Well, they're all kind of old and paunchy. It was like U2 from 1987. So I, I could see how it would be a little bit confusing. But um, yeah, that was a bit of a tough one. What if you think about it? Yeah. Hotels were purchased. Uh, dry, gas was purchased. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, uh, you know, but that was the one that's that happens, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, that's that's their fault. <laughs> yeah. But that's fantastic. <laughs> But, um, well, okay, well, June 1st through 4th, we're going to come down. We're going to see your show. Um, one sold out right already, right? Which one? Uh, Saturday, June 3rd is sold out already. Okay, cool. But so, if you can only make it Saturday, June 3rd, let, let us me know. know. Shoot me a message when I you will. want to come to the show. I will, definitely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to come down. We might make a thing out of it because um, that's close to my birthday. So I might come down, we'll see the show, and then go walk around the falls and then stay down in the falls and have fun, do a family thing. Yeah. 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 yeah if, like, and if you or any of the listeners are coming to the show and want, like, a restaurant or in places to go, let me know because I'm – I'm very involved with the community in Niagara Falls because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of places that like, like every city, there are bad places in the city. Yeah. And that's usually the only thing that people think of, but 
we're, we're up and coming, you know, there's a lot of new restaurants, a lot of new bars, a lot of new hotels and places to go and things to do. And, and all she's that. been directing the people who are coming in from out of town, some of them flying in from out of town mm -hmm. to like hotels and restaurants and bars and stuff. So if anyone, things that are walking distance, like a short cab ride, short drive, walk, all of that. Yeah. So yeah. If anyone listening is coming to the show, you yeah. know, reach out on the Facebook and I will we'll be your you Niagara Falls liaison. <laughs> I think the last time I was there, was with SNFU in 1995. That was the last time I was in Niagara Falls, New York. The last time. Wow. So it's been a while. It's been a it's, while. It's changed. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed. Yeah. <laughs> I met a guy there who was buying URLs. He was buying for the internet. Like he was buying like Sony.com and he was buying like all these crazy <laughs> URLs. And like Sony probably never had a website at that point. But he was telling me the story. He goes, I'm, I buy buy websites and I sell them back to the people. I mean, that kind of happens now, but could you imagine owning Sony.com? Cause he owned Sony.com. He must be a millionaire by now. Like he'd be a guy maybe, and he was from Niagara, Niagara Falls, New York. So look him up. He's the one wow. in the big house. He's the big house guy. <laughs> <laughs> the big house. Uh, man, that's, I mean, I wish I owned Sony. Yeah. Well, I mean, he owns them and sells them back to people. Yeah. We've we've had that happen to us. Oh my God, we have had that happen. What? We had to do that with our own band. Whoa! Yeah, someone owned our band website and and wouldn't and held it hostage it to us for like seven years. We just got it back. Yeah, like a last month, month ago. We just really? got it back, so our website's back up. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the Weaker Thans? The band. Hello. What was, what was that? that? Have you ever heard of a band called The Weaker Thans? Yeah. Yeah. They forgot to pay their renewal on their website. This is years ago. So somebody bought weakerthans.com and tried to sell it back to them, but they're like, "Nah, we're going to go with weakerthans.org." So Yeah. So they stuck <laughs> yeah, the thumb we went in the with the we went with BD2Band instead of uh, BillyDraws2.com. We went BD2Band.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just got BillyDraws2 back. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue as nicely as BillyDraws2. BD2Band.com. Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I see the websites are funky because I have a website called InsightRecorders.com, and that's way too long. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just direct people to the face. Facebook, it's easier. Yeah. Like, do people, I'm like looking them up on Facebook? I mean, I do, but I don't consider myself the norm. Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm We're getting weird now. I know, it is getting, it's getting late, and uh, I've had a long day myself, and I really appreciate you guys coming on the show, and I wish you all the luck, and, you know, if this gets put on tour, then, you know, this will be a, this will be a very good thing for everybody, music and theater put together Listen, you. thank you so so much for the vote of confidence and we really appreciate it and um you know just for having us on to talk about it thank you so very much thank you yeah this was great it was a lot of fun that was rosie and billy from patrick theater theater is it a theater theater Ah, the, oh my god, that was fun, right? That was a fun one. They're good people. They're doing the good work of good people. And it's very, like I said before, it's very rare that I see theater I like and people I like and a story I like. It's all together and it's going to be, it's going to be great. We're actually going down. I'm, I think, Rosie, if you're listening to this, we want to come down on the 4th. So, but I'll, I'll get in touch with, that, touch with you and I can't wait to see this show. I'm very excited. And so, my, so is my wife. It's her favorite album too. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Once a week, we put these episodes out. It's very fun to do. It's a very, it's a, like, it's like, it takes about four hours a week to do an episode of one podcast. And it's rewarding enough to keep doing. So I'm going to keep doing it if you keep listening. I know that there's a lot of extra special listeners, new listeners, and the show's growing. And that's not just the reason why I do it, but when someone does something the sake of doing it the like I've created this from nothing I've created this from an idea and some voices and it's actually a thing that's a viable listening source and a contribution into the podcast community and I appreciate everybody everybody's feedback I appreciate everybody listening to this show and thank you so much again it's great if you want to go back and listen to some old ones 
uh, this summer. It's God, it's summer already. It's gonna be June. It's gonna be June. And I think this summer, what I'm gonna do is, while I'm doing episodes of the podcast, I will be rehashing or reintroducing older episodes and bringing them back in, and sort of as an as a sidebar to the actual show. So it's like a companion piece to what's happening now. It's where I came from. It's like, oh gosh, it'll be three years at the end of. Uh, November it'll be three years of podcasting and that's uh, almost as long as I've been in any band so that's pretty cool uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say thanks for you know all the stuff and the spots and the bits and the this and the that uh, I appreciate everybody listening to the show and I appreciate everybody coming back every week after week and thank you so much again I'll see you next week next week I have I have some guests I can't tell you it's a secret because I have to uh, I have to record them So thanks again for listening to the show. We'll see you again. Bye.